welcome back to Black Hawkeye Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the second episode in the mini-series, Nine Perfect Strangers, The Critical Path. This episode was written by David E. Kelly and John Henry Butterworth, directed by Jonathan Levine. A little late, so apologies. Life sometimes derails my well-intentioned schedule, but we are here to discuss a fairly good episode for the most part. Uh, I actually gave it a 7.9 out of 10. So it was slightly less entertaining than the first episode. Only because I'm still trying to figure out these people and I don't particularly like some of the ones in which they are focusing on and thus while I want to be more engaged it's because of my dislike of the certain characters that I find myself less so however the mystery at the end and what's going on with Masha and what they're about to enact I think will drive it into gear a little bit more especially if she's about to put something on them that is in itself a new thing that is unfolding at the facility so that should be exciting i'm excited for the next episode i kind of wanted to jump right next to uh, into it because i'm thinking okay now we're going to take the training wheels off because i kind of felt a little bit like treading water in some places but again that could just be my connection to those particular characters right now that i'm struggling with so we find francis who is one of the characters i am really struggling with i love melissa mccarthy is that who that is i'm pretty sure <laughs> if I had that wrong, I am way off. But her characterization is rather annoying. <laughs> Maybe because these people are reminiscent of some other people that I know in the real life. So I have maybe a certain prejudice <laughs> against the archetype. But. She's someone who has a lot of pity parties for herself, and I don't, I'm not with that. But she finds Zoe, who has ran off and reports her mom's about to lose it because of a certain death that was referenced. She uh, tells her it was about her twin brother who stopped living before his 18th birthday. I found that an interesting way of putting that. You know, instead of he died, he stopped living. Francis comforts her, which doesn't make homegirl happy. Homegirl, I mean her mama, Heather. Especially as she doesn't want to speak to her mom, but go for a run. Because we're runners. That was definitely a dig at, you know, we don't discuss our issues. We go for runs, which is what her mom seems to do quite a bit. Frances offers her condolences to Heather, but she demurs. Zoe admitted that her and her brother were not close, which I guess is kind of odd because they were twins, but maybe that's just my particular take on that. 
back at the tent tony is acting a damn fool about his pills being taken she allows Yao to retrieve them but delilah looked like she was ready to throw hands i'll put a whooping on their ass so fast boy laura stirs the pot by bringing up the fact that she chooses people that complement the other's trauma due to her 10 percent applicant acceptance she looks startled but allows for a one-on-one with tony despite his volatile temper jessica's like i want to break free i love her she is my favorite character thus far with carmel um why do people go to therapy hostile like the expect expectation is that you will be manipulated like i'm gonna give you all my secrets like the fact that you think that's what therapy is confirms that you're out of your fucking mind and need mental help (laughs) she tells tony like i know you're a drug addict and your addiction goes beyond the surgeries that began it he mentioned blown out knee he's divorced with two kids she asks are you happy and he replies who the fuck is happy with their life um me motherfucker air is precious all right (laughs) every second every day i breathe it in and get to live it the complaints are still gifts she gives him his pill and his two vodkas and explains she didn't want to take his medicine just his secret and that her purpose is to make him whole the purpose of the whole damn thing you did indeed sign up for and agree to because none y'all motherfuckers read i just wanted a little vacation fun (laughs) francis is approached by jessica she's like it said in the pamphlet that people might be meditating (laughs) and i didn't want to disturb you um that needs to find something other than vegetables i don't know what you are not eating but i need to put it in you i genuinely think there is a thing called too skinny but she is adorably cute and i will fight a bitch for her she was like so what just happened back there was that like not bad shit crazy okay i'm not alone cool 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 but also i'm a huge fan of yours curious that Francis seemed to enjoy her fan gushing but ignore her Carmel's. This is kind of what I mean is men treat these women like accessories to make up for the fact that they they want to have what other men will envy them having. And then here they are, you know, maybe not the brightest in the world, but it doesn't negate the fact that they're people and want to be seen for more than just what they're visually seen for even if they cultivate that type of persona you're left with this emptiness something she does love about francis's book is that she had a line about being seen but francis tells her fiction is a hustler of the heart have read enough harlequin romance novels (laughs) novels to know that is absolutely and utterly true 
ruined me my entire life. Now I have expectations all the way up to here that are simply not realistic. And yet, that's why I'm 37 and single. It also caused shippers, this fiction being the hustler of the heart, to sometimes lose all sense of sanity. That is borderline on the CDC list to be declared as another form of cancer. Masha runs to the edge of a cliff after meditating herself and receives a text that says, Congratulations, it's your last week on Earth. Napoleon wakes positive and energetic, and I cannot blame Heather one bit for dragging the shit out of his life. How would you like to die today, motherfucker? No. I don't know what it is about Napoleon, but he freaks me the fuck out. She said, I'm here because I'm misliking you. <laughs> I don't even know you, and I don't know how you ever liked him in the first place. And I don't agree, sis. He did deserve that. Only a man would say it happened for a reason when it's incomprehensible as she stated that type of loss. Like why would you're hiding the pain and she is grieving alone because he wants to put a band-aid on a gaping wound. I want someone to make me that kind of breakfast every morning in my kitchen. It's not going to happen, but I can dream. Francis's secret comes to light as it looks like she was sucked into a scam with the man that didn't a man that didn't exist. Those scams be out there too. They be trying to drop into your DMs. I'm Chris Evans. I'm uh what was the other person they impersonated? Uh Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> the Rock. The Rock Johnson. Uh, pretty much anyone that you like their tweets a lot, they'll try to jump into your DMs and be like, yeah, I'm that person, but I need money. What the fuck? <laughs> That's the dumbest one. How the fuck you rich and you need my paycheck to paycheck living ass to give you money? And then those scams that come into your email. Yeah, it is sad because... I know someone who fell for that and they were of the elderly and they say it's because of desperation you know I think that's part of it that's <laughs> why they're targeted but at the same time you know damn it's so obviously there I'm never I'm just never desperate enough to part with my cash unless it's on a new battery operated boyfriend that's the only man i will spend money on <laughs> uh, that we ain't in a relationship with if you use mine and i'm yours then we got each other carmel is happy she lost weight and ben doesn't get it i laugh when she was like i lost weight and lars was like oh i was gonna say something like, you're such a dick but Ben says, you know, you're not fat. I don't get why women obsess about it. And I'm like, one, you're standing next to a size two. Maybe a zero. Maybe a negative 22. 
and yes women are constantly worried about their weight because it's being shoved down our throats and our necks every fucking sec like the commercials the billboards the absolute constant from your fucking mother who's supposed to love you for who you are (laughs) but i digress uh I wasn't with Francis when she said it's not something like it's just a hump someone got to get over. I guess. I guess. I guess there's some truth to that. But I don't think that she was like, we don't obsess over it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, kind of certain. Yeah, do. Tony comes in with apologies and some intimidation to Lars confirming, yes, I did indeed get my medicine back as everyone wonders who he is really as his face is very familiar francis said maybe on dateline this team indeed is very dysfunctional masha is now meditating (laughs) underwater with more flashbacks of a typical debutante childhood y'all be looking sexy as fuck he talked dirty to me he knows masha is stressed since that is when she pulls it and she reveals her anonymous threats i'm guessing it's lars and she admits that she had a lot of enemies and maybe he may have wanted to kill her when he used to know her or if he used to know her something to that effect He's like, no. And I'm like, you can't know. (laughs) If she shot your child, yes. So don't say no. Like, it's never. She asks about him and Delilah, whom he admits still gets jealous. But she says, while kissing his thighs, that they are intricately, hopefully I said that right, uh, bound. So she will need to get over it. (laughs) however he should love her and she will be loved grave digging that's not morbid at all masha tells them to lay down in their graves and imagine what the end will be she began this with an analogy of how labor kept man from thinking too hard which is why particularly western civilizations now that we don't have to be so manually invested and everything so shitty We kind of got a cushy existence. (laughs) For the most part, we don't have to worry about where our food is coming from. The majority of our blessed folks out there. Um, That's why they have so many anxieties that only increase, mostly centered around existential crisis of death. Just really runs into some brick walls for some people. Frances gets upset that nobody will miss her. And she already prepaid her funeral. You know why, Francis? Because you are a bitch. I very much was with um, Masha at this moment. This isn't about you, Vern. Because some people are actually (laughs) going through some stuff and things. And this might be beneficial to them. And every time I turn around and look at you, Francis, you throw in a pity party for yourself. She then tells them at the sound of the chimes they can rise and welcome a new path. This feels very generic. <laughs> Ben's like, so that was the thing. 
She's like, baby, can you just try? And he's like, okay, fine. France, uh, Francis demurs to acupuncture instead of a hike, while Jessica is summoned to her one-on-one. Francis is very self-depreciating, which is someone, which can be a, a trait of someone who is narcissistic to try to elicit empathy from other people around her by always, you know, playing that role. I just noticed that might be of a, a tendency she has. Back with Masha, she asked Jessica, "Why are you here?" Oh, I. I thought this was when I had to come in immediate. I can come back. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. She's definitely a source of comedic relief. Francis has a few lines every once in a while, but I, I really do. I adore Jessica because she admits that she is intimidated by Masha, by smart people in general, and that she's obsessed with her image. Uh, that she cultivated and those there is some instant gratification in that but also feels and understands that in the end at her life that you know the comment section her, her account will be deleted that's how she makes the metaphor for yeah and then it'll be over you know you're not even going to be able to enjoy that instant gratification is that all you really want from life so she does want to have some more importance, but mainly she's here because she can't figure out why Ben doesn't love her anymore. They took Francis' blood and now she's floating in the pool. Tony tells her he's going to get in the pool and will not fuck off even when she calls him a nobody. So he just cannibals her. On the hike, Ben asks about Jessica's session. Then Carmel butts in. Ben was like really nice because I would have said and you need to mind your damn business bitch he calls them starstruck so then she starts talking about how she used to work on Broadway and met stars like Alan Cumming until she had her girls and her husband didn't want her to work Ben thinks it's good she had time with her girls which sets Carmel off for some reason but not for the same reasons that I was kind of I would have been set off anyway politely on the inside it's a civil thing to say but the better thing would be to reply how is that for you because some people may not like yeah sure i spent more time with my girls but i also gave up a career that i really enjoyed <laughs> so you should let them speak how they feel versus try to make them see the positive side of something like oh that was the trade-off but you don't like inquire more maybe that's just a thing i do or i feel i hate when people assume things before someone is allowed to like inquire of people not make statements about things that they reveal about themselves Lars can't believe anyone would populate the overly crowded world and so it's like yeah there's no wonder you're single <laughs> Masha continues to monitor the group Tony tries to wake the very snoring Francis but the grape goes into her mouth causing her to choke so he has to save her life and is busted 
so he admits yeah i was trying to actually throw a grape at you because you were snoring and then it went in your mouth which is he even made the joke like i i wouldn't be able to make that shot in many years <laughs> and uh he apologizes and offers her grapes and then <laughs> she ends up breaking the ice with him after her very near-death experience it's like uh yeah they're such assholes and i think they both realize it or recognize it anyway in each other the two unexpectedly bond doing absolutely nothing as she admits she was conned but almost found it a trade-off for the six months of pretend but gets more depressed when her unpublished material was trashed in a newspaper he made an attempt to soften the blow but unfortunately she still went off in a huff the group are enjoying the trust circle exercise even bitter lars seems to be enjoying himself but heather all episode has been pretending herself and just can't take it anymore she heads for the cliff that we saw masha at earlier napoleon is shrugged off and delilah takes her hand encouraging her away from the cliff she says maybe you feel in my fingertips someone who's been where you've been at before but she says you've not been where i've been before the whole event upsets zoe she loves running off <laughs> she reports the events to masha delilah that is concerned at her tender box of personalities another interesting turn of phrase she can smell that lars is more than he says that he is so she has yao sweep his room again francis comes to masha once again wanting to leave and just throw a pity party for herself saying i did have my writing career now that's over masha asks for one more day i'm not sure with these interactions what we're meant to get and i think that's where it felt flat in those particular scenes like the one she had with jessica was interesting if albeit short her more prominent scenes that she seems to have had with tony and these are the bigger actresses of the the series actors but those seem to be a little bit more tone deaf when she had the one-on-one -on -one with tony it was better than when tony was yelling at her face she watches as tony is still contemplating his death because he goes back to the grave and sits there so that made an impact on him when i say she i mean masha in her spy cave zoe is upset that both of her parents are in a fucked up place and keep trying to shield it from her lars is retrieving his phone from the bushes i feel with all those cameras he must know something of the layout if he knows exactly where to hide and no one would see masha goes to yao and delilah who are you know eating some very healthy vegetables confirming that delilah is right this group is volatile but brilliant and it's now time for the new protocol does this involve the drawing of blood 
that both are surprised she's initiating this early as something hasn't been tested yet and they haven't been detoxified yet. She needs to make it to day three and she needs all of them. And I'm guessing despite their concerns, they're going to go through with it. Everyone agrees that Masha is the real deal. But maybe, I don't know, she's taken on more than she can chew. I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen her past game, but she's got a lot of faith in her followers. So I want to know how she breaks people down in so many days has such a huge success rate. Is it something to do with, you know, mentally forcing them in a place using drugs? Maybe I'm not sure, but I am sure we will find out and we will be getting to the third episode, I believe this week on Thursday. So look out for that. If you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>